my boomstick! America for 300 years has been the land of promise for the rest of the world. The land of new frontiers. New opportunities. Yeah, what's that? Have you just had up? Clicking sound. Sounds that reveal Shucky, the presence of radioactive rays. <laughs> <laughs> Groovy. I, I believe I sound like it's a girl. I'm a Welcome to Tank Riot. This is episode 63, and today I am with Sputnik. Good day. And Victor. Hello. And I am Tor. <laughs> now, today we're going to talk about two almost identical personalities. This episode is called Quantum of Awesome. Quantum of Awesome. <laughs> yes. We will be, be yeah. uh, discussing James Bond and Ian Fleming, but first... Yeah, we're going to do a little nugget on Bruce Campbell. He was in Tropical Madison, Wisconsin last night. We were blessed with his presence at the Sundance Cinema. Now, yeah. now an interesting thing you mentioned, Tropical Madison. This is one of the few places in the tropics where you can actually shovel on a daily basis. Oh shovel my God. snow. <laughs> I've shoveled three times already. I am not happy. I missed yeah. the first uh, round of snow, and I didn't shovel, and I'm going to regret it all winter long. Because oh yeah. there's going to be a layer of snow concrete that I'll never yeah. get underneath. <laughs> unless I salt my whole driveway with eight bags of salt or something. You drive over that thing like once or twice, <laughs> and then over. pretty soon you got these ice tracks that'll be about five inches high yeah. by yeah. February. Good for changing your oil, though, because you can get right underneath <laughs> That's it. Right. It's way up on those bridges. <laughs> uh, my favorite is always when, like, by February of last year, I I was taking a chance every time I went to the end of my driveway because I, there was snow was piled so high, I seriously could not see if anyone was coming. <laughs> Which, I mean, I, I live in a pretty flat street, so, I mean, that yeah. that was... You're just kind of taking the mystery Bob said run every... Oh, yeah. no doubt. Well, Bruce Campbell. What about Bruce Campbell? Well, he himself came to town at yes. Sundance to premiere his film, My Name is Bruce. Yes. Not to be confused with They Call Me Bruce. Right. <laughs> which is another movie I loved as a youngster. Or but, Bruce uh, Almighty. Or Bruce Almighty. Bruce Almighty, yes. <laughs> also another Bruce movie. But uh, My Name is Bruce is an independent film that he made all by himself. He directed it. He stars in it. And he filmed it on his property. Basically, he built a little western town, which he'll probably use for other films. Okay. And this is a glorious, <laughs> glorious B-movie. It is. Um, but he had a lot of slams on Wisconsin when he came because it had snowed a lot. And, right. And so he was just... He was riffing on living in Wisconsin. But, I mean, he's from Michigan, so I think yeah. it's acceptable, you know? Yeah, we'll, we'll play a few sound bites of some of the things he said, which were rather funny. Cold up here, you gotta do something to drink it and screw up here. That's what you do. Small town, you know? I, I asked another guy here, I said, what do you do here in Madison? He goes, well, mostly we hunt and screw. I said, what do you hunt? He, goes, he says, something to screw. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the movie the movie stars uh, Bruce Campbell as actor Bruce Campbell stranded in a town of Goldlick. There's a strange uh, mining accident that killed all the Chinese miners, Workers. and yeah. uh, the ghost of some avenging spirit gets awakened by, of course teenagers who are going off to a graveyard to 
be teenagers, just like in Without Warning, which we talked about. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Your classic teenager setup. And then and then the townspeople decide that Bruce Campbell's got to save them from this demon that's come from the past to kill everybody. And he makes a lot of fun of his past movies and so forth. It's, it's just it's just a blast. And and I got to say that, that when he appeared and he spoke to the audience, he was very funny, very witty, very off the cuff. He was exactly how I thought he would be. He was he was just on fire. Yeah. You heard a rumor. Was it on the internet? No, 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 don't do it. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Let's play this game, buddy. You play four? Come on, let's go there. You want to play four? I want to play Do you? Shut up! Yeah. Shut up. She's yelling shut up because you're going to get something that's like Indiana Jones 4. <laughs> Who wanted that? Raise your hand. Who wanted it? Nobody. My name is Kyle Brofloski. My friend was raped last Memorial Day weekend. And I, I want to help prosecute the men responsible. You want to bring Steven Spielberg and George Lucas to trial for raping Indiana Jones? I know that I'll have to testify. That I'll have to relive what I saw that day. But I can't let Spielberg and Lucas get away with it. Not this time. Nobody, Nobody here. Here's Indiana Jones 4. Come on, kid. Let's go get those Germans. Hold on a minute. Is that what you want? And I think all of our listeners, since this is a podcast, are probably nerds. But if there's a few non-geeks out there who don't know Bruce Campbell, check out the Army of Darkness series, the Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness. Right. Or, of course, what he's best known for is the TV series Jack of All Trades. Or Briscoe County Jr. <laughs> or Burn Notice. Or Burn, Burn Well, Burn Notice is actually it's, current. It's a current show. Current and in production still. Jack and of All Seasons, good. he talked about that. Or Jack of All Trades, he talked about that briefly. Yeah, yeah Tor and I both used to watch that. <laughs> oh, yep. yeah. It was, it was on after uh, Cleopatra 2525. Yeah. And... Um, Oh God! Was it the Queen of Swords oh, or something? Lex? <laughs> By that Lex oh. show, remember that one? <laughs> oh, I oh, love yeah. the Lex show. I was that was one of my faves. Yeah, was, oh, terrifying! <laughs> the, the spaceship that looked like a pair of big <laughs> <Yeah>. gonads. <laughs> Straight out of Barbarella. But Jack of all trades. That was almost uh, kind of a, a James Bond in the colonial era, in the Caribbean or something like that. Wasn't was, that kind of almost... like the character he played in Xena? Oh, that was one of the people that was in. He was the guy who played Joxer in Xena. Mm-hmm. When I made Jack of All Trades, did I have as much fun doing it? Well, apparently having fun on a TV show doesn't get you shit. That was a one-season wonder, that one. Oh, and we had a ball getting canceled. Yeah, that was hilarious getting that. Thank you, sir. Thank you for watching that show. I want to give him some money. That's a $5 bill. Pass that all the way back. <laughs> Don't steal it, you Wisconsin freaks. Just pass it back to the young man there. Thank you, Christian. Okay. Don't put it in your pocket, you little punk. Bruce Campbell was a regular char- a reoccurring character on Xena. Well, and Ted Raimi was in this film. 
uh, with yeah. Bruce Campbell as well. Oh, yeah. Um, but Burn Notice is a current uh, third. It's like someone asked. It's got a third season coming up. Yep. And uh, you know he plays Sam Axe, the washed up uh, Navy Seal <laughs> and friend of you can't and you can't ever picture him because he's kind of tubby. You know, in the show, and he's he's always wearing these, you know, Tommy Bahama, yeah, crazy Hawaiian uh, shirts, Hawaiian shirts, yeah. and you keep thinking, unshaven. I can't believe this dude was ever a Navy SEAL, but he's great <laughs> in the show. He's awesome, and you know, the whole cast is great because that Jeffrey Donovan guy who plays Michael Weston, the Michael Weston. the the spy who got his burn notice, he's yeah. you know a really good actor, and Gabriel Anwar was really great. And what's it like to get into bed with Gabriel Anwar? What's it like to get in bed with Gabriel Anwar? Well, what do you think it's like? Do you like her? So do a lot of prisoners. She gets a lot of prison mail. It's everything you think it is, sir. Just a little bit more. I'm really enjoying it, and I'm actually watching it on Hulu. So, you know, I, I sometimes just can't catch up with the TV schedule, and... Hulu's got the whole first season and you everything. You should spell that for our fans so they... www.hulu.com. Hulu mm. is a really great website for quality television with abbreviated commercials, and we get no funding or advertising from them, but I love it. It's still there. <laughs> so yeah. take that. It's pretty cool. I saw a parking attendant, you know, the guy you give your money to. Right. He's sitting there watching a Hulu on his laptop in the little booth. <laughs> <laughs> so man you got to do something at a job like that yeah yeah <laughs> probably my favorite um bruce campbell i mean he's had a lot of bit parts and he's been in a lot of b movies and he's done a lot of voice work mm-hmm. um but i i think my favorite one is uh bubba hotap but where, quality yeah i really like that one where he, where he plays you know elvis presley so he plays elvis presley uh in a senior home right well it was really cool yeah it's um He's Elvis Presley. He's the real Elvis Presley, but he's in this like broken down uh, retirement home because at one point, you know, he was all, you know, messed up on drugs and kind of tired of everything. So he saw this Elvis impersonator guy and he actually switched places with the guy. Mm -hmm. And he has the guy who did all the drugs and everything and um, died. And then his trailer blew up that the real Elvis was living in. So there was no proof that this deal had ever taken place. So then all of a sudden, you know, like no one would believe it. So he actually played an Elvis impersonator, but he was the real Elvis Presley. And, and, and that's not even the plot because the plot is an ancient mummy right. <laughs> comes to life. And... Exactly. We're in a cowboy outfit, some kind of. Well, I got to see that one. Oh, yeah. I've yeah. got that on DVD tour. I can bring that. It's awesome. a fantastic film. You know, and, and Bruce Campbell says that he's not going to be doing yeah. Bubba Hotep 2. And he said yeah. last night that they're actually, and this sounds even more intriguing, is they've got Ron Perlman uh, instead of Bruce Campbell because Bruce wanted the original writer. Right. And so. Uh, it's Ron Perlman as the Elvis character, and then the other sidekick is going to be um, Paul Giamatti. That's nuts. I just, you know, I'm okay with it. I'd rather it was Bruce Campbell, but very that'll be very weird. I'll probably watch not it anyway. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to be as fun, I don't think. But well, I love Ron Perlman. So. Well, I do too, but I mean, God, he's like in everything lately. He's yes, like he Hellboy, uh, Sons of Anarchy, which 
just uh, did the finale. I mean, it's it's like a biker Shakespearean soap opera, yeah, yeah. And, and like I never missed a single episode. <laughs> so I'm a huge whore of well, Sons of Anarchy. You know, one thing I can't really forgive Bruce Campbell for is Alien Apocalypse. Oh, <laughs> that you know, he really couldn't forgive himself. I mean, no. he was he was making he was pretty bitter on fun of it last too. night. Oh, the sp- I think it was mainly the special effects were just so god awful bad. <sighs> And it was one of those sci-fi Mansquito kind of movies. Hey, don't knock Mansquito. That <laughs> Mansquito was a is my example to place <laughs> before others. Look, you don't want to be another Mansquito, do you? <laughs> Let's try to aim a little higher, people. Yes. So, anyways, uh, if you get a chance to, yeah, he's touring the United States with it right now. The DVD yeah. comes out in February. Right. Cool. So, well, Tank Ride highly recommends it. Yes, it was a joyride. It's always fun when you can see your favorite stars in person. That is very true. Very, very true. Yeah, I'm. I am very nerdy because it's the second time that I've seen him. Wow, <laughs> wow. that's true. That's he right. He spoke at a screening of Army of Darkness at the University Theater mm-hmm. a number of years ago, and yeah, he's really entertaining to to see live. Yep, he's just exactly what you think he would be. You know, cool. Well, gentlemen, should we move on to uh, another action hero? Is of course James Bond. Bond. James Bond. License to fucking kill. <laughs> Bond, you've got a license to kill, not to break traffic laws. <laughs> hey, James Bond, we drive on the right-hand side of the road in this country. <laughs> yes, that was a reference to Clueless, everyone. So, um, Tank Riot went out recently and, and viewed the latest of the Bond movies, Quantum of Solace with Daniel Craig. The worst titled Bond film ever. <laughs> it, it is and it isn't. I, I mean, know you're for that, but I I, I was against it. <laughs> Quantum of Solace. Well, it's I thought they called it Bond 22, which was the working <laughs> title. Bond 22, that'd have been fine with me. The world is not enough. I'm out of beer. <laughs> I've got to pee. Well, Quantum of Solace is the title of a, a regular Bond short story that was published in For Your Eyes Only. Right. And you can explain why you like it. I think it does. It is a fitting title. It is well because it it takes place literally minutes after Casino Royale ends. It's the only Bond sequel, Bond film to ever follow in the sequel style. So right. th- they all just kind of randomly jump around, and this is the old, yeah. first one. It took them twenty two to finally make one that follows. <laughs> well, and, yeah. and it's actually I think the only other Bond movie, other than Under Her Majesty's Secret Service where Bond was like really emotionally attached to a woman in the plot. Right. Because uh, in Her Majesty's Secret Service, it actually begins with uh, Bond's wedding. Right. So there's a Mrs. Bond who um, uh, gets killed like five minutes tops. George Lazenby. George Lazenby. Arguably, probably. Well, I like that as a kid. So it's been a long time since I've seen that one. Yeah. But that whole the shooting and everything was that was harsh. It was very harsh. And hey, what, Telly Savalas is the villain? Who loves you, baby? <laughs> <laughs> that's one I haven't seen yet, and I want to see it. Under Majesty's Secret, yeah. yeah. I mean, to, to, that's that's a movie for the true Bond aficionado because he's, like, the only person other than David Niven in the spoof Casino Royale in 67 who just played it one time. Now, that, yeah. that spoof Casino Royale... It's a great I mean, movie. I know we're kind of jumping around here. That had Peter Sellers in it, right? 
Yes. And, and who was yeah. the other as, as one of the James Bond? But who was he playing cards against? That was um Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and and apparently they hated each other so bad mm-hmm. that they didn't film that sequentially. I think we probably talked about that oh, in our really? uh, yeah. our Stanley Kubrick where we're talking about right. Wow. Uh, okay. They hated <laughs> each other's Sellers. guns. Yeah. yeah I, I I just watched that recently, and you didn't really see it in the. Uh, didn't notice in the sequence, but yeah, you never saw him side by side. Right, right. But that movie also had uh, Woody Allen mm-hmm. as Jimmy Bond. <laughs> Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Bond. Bond. <laughs> well, the whole thing was one Bond wasn't enough, so they had to like make six more. Right, exactly. So, so you actually have like Ursula Andres uh, was one of the Bonds. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> she was the uh, uh, you know the leading uh, lady in. Uh, Dr. No. That's right. Yeah. Well, do we have her character? You know what I should have done is I should have gotten a list of every Bond girl name. Yes, those are some, yeah. You know, because it's always got, although I think by Dr. Yeah. No, they, they they were fairly decent. Um, in, you know, I think the things that make a Bond movie, of course, you know, a good Bond, a good villain who's evil yet kind of crazy and a little eccentric, yeah. Yeah. you know. Um, gadgets. Yes, no. Well, I, I love the gadgets. I always loved Q, and I always loved the yeah, gadgets, me too. but they're gone. They're now. gone now from these last two Daniel Craig movies. Maybe they'll come back. Down. But yeah, they're stripping down a lot of the Bond cliche, right. where, where they're not doing gadgets. They're not doing like the Bond intro. Dun-na, dun-na, and it's right. not in the beginning. And It's the outro, though. Yeah, it is the yeah. outro. It wasn't, I don't think it was in Casino Royale at all. Um, if I remember right, I don't no, recall. I don't think it was. But, but yeah, they're now changing Casino it up. Royale really is the the sort of origin film, right? That, and, that's and where he we've gets gotta his say double O. The, the Peter Sellers is not. This is not an official. Um, that Bond is not. An, the, that Casino Royale is De- not official. Eon Bond canon, right? Film. Eon Production it, oh, series yes. bought the rights to every Bond film except for Casino Royale <laughs> back in the fifties. They finally got a hold of that ninety nine, which explains the Daniel Craig. Uh, version of it yeah so they, they they totally dinked around with it and it's it's like this total carnaby street send up and it's a lot of fun i would never yeah. mock it but it's not a bond film per, right you know the oh yeah it's it's a comedy it's it's almost a, a 60s uh documentary on goofiness it is you know yeah um so even though even though Quantum of Solace is a direct sequel to the real casino royale with you know vesper lind and the true love affair and everything yeah. Quantum of Solace is just the title taken from the short story Quantum of Solace. There's there's no resemblance at all to what uh, Ian Fleming actually wrote. And that's what they did with the number of the Bond no, movies. Most of them. Is they just used the title, but then they they wrote a whole, whole new story. Whole new, yeah. Well, I mean that was well. First of all, we probably should back up and do the uh, do the um yeah the the straight work with with Bond. It was it's a character that was created by Ian Lancaster Fleming, and I only say the name because <laughs> this dude has got so many names that and his in his family that I would just totally take as gnome to plumes. I mean, without a you know in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, Ian Lancaster Fleming was born in 1908. He passed away in 1964. So he's actually young. Yeah. Very young. Well, he was a very heavy drinker and a heavy smoker. Yeah. And he um, died of a heart attack, and he'd only seen like two Bonds, Bond films made. I think from Russia with Love was the last Bond film that he had actually yeah, seen yeah. completed. And you know, he was a cousin of uh, Christopher Lee. I know. Is that not freaky? That's crazy. And you know, he wanted the original James Bond. If not, he thought maybe Christopher Lee would be okay. Even like he even floated his name as Christopher Lee would have rocked. But he wanted uh, Roger Moore right away to be James Bond. Right. But the studio said, "Nope, nope, Sean Connery," and so they went with Sean Connery. 
actually, what's what's interesting is um, David Niven, who played James Bond in the farcical uh, Casino Royale. It was uh, another person that Ian Fleming personally wanted to be Bond. That's right. Because wow. he wanted him to be kind of, um, you know, not like Mr. Fabulous, but actually just kind of a, a you know, workaday guy. But, you know, he did all these kind of amazing things. So. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyways, to get back to his, Ian, Ian Fleming was a Navy commander and was um, a writer later on in his life. Uh, he's best known for the Bond films, but he's also known for the children's story Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I just saw that uh, coincidentally like two weeks ago with the, with the now seven-year-old Viking princess. And <laughs> it, it is a three-hour epic. You know, it is really. Yeah, it is a long It's film. a musical. Uh-huh. It's a lot of, it's a lot like you know, Mary Poppins kind of musical with Dick Van yeah. Dyke and and it, it was a lot of fun, and I think it contained the best Bond girl name I've ever heard, which she even has a song about her in the movie. Truly Scrumptious. Truly <laughs> Scrumptious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is the daughter of the candy factory owner. Yeah. And oh, so, uh. yeah, it was. it's a fun, fun movie. So if you have a little kid, it's, it's a really good one to check yeah, out. Yeah, I, I grew up on that movie. It's wholesome, I mean, except for the I truly scrumptious <laughs> That's a little weird. Yeah, I got it. The Chitty Chitty Bang Bang car yeah. has like every gadget that any Bond car ever had. You know, that's very true. In a way. I yeah, mean, yeah. Way. It, it, it and, floats, it flies, it yeah, you know, does yeah. everything, really. Uh-huh. But um, Did you guys know what year that first came out? Chitty not off Chitty the top bang of bang? my head. No. Okay. No. Well, but um, everyone knows where to look it up. That's right. <laughs> so um, Ian Fleming was uh, a Navy commander, as was the character of, of Bond. Because um, I guess his full name is, you know, Commander Sir James Bond. And uh, Ian Fleming was uh, born in Mayfair, London. His father's name was Valentine Fleming, another great handle. Valentine Michael uh, Smith, yeah, that's right. And he was a member of parliament, and his wife was Evelyn St. Croix Rose. Come on. You see where he gets it. No doubt. <laughs> um, but he um, he was kind of more of an intelligence analyst, and I think always kind of wanted to be one of the sort of more action-oriented special services guys. You know, SAS trooper and and kind of really that's what he was pattering James Bond after. Um, well, they called him an assault team or assault unit planner. Right. So he was technically planning these assaults that these James Bond types would go and instead of just destroying things, they would try to do a little recon on certain enemy, you know, outposts or, you know, sure. just get the data. And it turned out to be really successful. Yeah. And that, right. that got him a lot of attention and promotion. I, I thought it was interesting that during World War II, um, he he thought up a, a plan to use British occultist Aleister Crowley, you know, who's who was like this loon spiritualist, Satanist, whatever you want to. I you knew know. you'd like that. <laughs> oh God, Ale- I mean, I I thought I was on, I was all over this to trick Rudolf Hess into attempting to contact a fake cell of anti-Churchill Englishmen in Britain. But his plan was not used because Rudolf Hess had already flown to Scotland to try to convince the Brits to join Germany against the Russians. I mean, <laughs> come on, Tom Cruise. There's a movie in there somewhere. No, yeah. no. Oh, my God. And what was. Um, and then he also formulated a plan to uh, maintain communication with uh, Gibraltar, which is has uh, always been traditionally a very big British outpost. Um 
As a plan of defense in the likely event that Spain joined the Axis powers and together with Germany invaded the, you know, Gibraltar. Yeah. And that, of course, was Operation Goldeneye. <laughs> dee <Wow>. dee dee. <laughs> 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 he really kind of just took everything. It was well, even even the guy, even the villain's name, uh, Ernst Stavro Blofeld, you know, is from a real guy who he was in a you know a member of that club with. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Ernst Stavro Blofeld. And with, oh, yeah. oh, the Boodles Club. Boodles you mean, club. Was he one of Fleming's friends? I don't know. Or- it's Enemies. not clear. Not clear. I don't know. You know, okay. but that was another thing. He was um, a member of, of Boodles. See, in Britain, in that class, you pretty much always have to be a member of a gentleman's club. Mm-hmm. So uh, you've heard of, like, Boodles Gin. Well, that's there's a Boodles Gentleman's Club that's very well known, very well established. And he was a member of that club. And it's just like what you think, you know, leather-bound chairs, everyone smoking cigars, having their, you know, martini. And, uh-huh. <laughs> Well, and, and this was part of the clandestine stuff that he was involved in as well, because I know there, there is a book out. I haven't read it, but I've heard about it called The Irregulars. Um, I forget who the author is, but it's about Roald Dahl, who the famous right. children's author who came to America and basically schlubbed around with Americans um, trying to spread gossip and spread rumor. And if someone was against uh, joining the Allies, because America at the time wasn't really interested in fighting a war no. with Germany. So these technically spies were trying to influence American politics to get America to join World War II. And Roald Dahl was part of this group called the Irregulars, and he would, if someone was against the war, he'd find out who their uh, mistress was and out them and try to get those guys out of office and try to get people convinced to support the British. And Ian Fleming did a little bit of work with this as well. Um, But yeah, I I really want to check out that book. Uh, But just, just the idea that Roald Dahl was a spy is very interesting to me. It is very cool. <laughs> 1964 is when Chitty Chitty Bang Bang came out. Oh, okay. So I don't so. think he ever saw it. No, no, wow. he did not. Yeah. Which is too bad because, I mean, a lot of his works yeah. actually did become quite popular yeah. and were oh, yeah. filmed. So when uh, Ian Productions, Eon Productions bought the film rights to all these novels, these novels were all largely done in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And... Um, when they Ian Productions did Doctor No, uh, they wanted uh, Fleming wanted David Niven actually to portray Bond, but instead the studio picked Sean Connery, who was a pretty unknown actor at the time. And of course, that I mean, Sean Connery and James Bond are you can't almost separate them yeah. right. now. But um, they didn't really think the movie was going to do very well, but. What really helped them is a newspaper had asked President John F. Kennedy, what are some of your favorite books? <laughs> and he said, right. From Russia with Love was one of them. And um, that was the second Bond movie with Sean Connery. It just really took off after that. Mm-hmm. So there was very much a real spy craze in the early 60s. You could oh, see yeah. it on uh, in movies and in TV. Mm-hmm. So in like, the movies, you had um, obviously Bond but you also had um, James Coburn as uh, in like Flint, our man Flint, <laughs> our man Flint, uh, Matt Helm with Dean Martin, uh, the Man from Uncle on TV, Get Smart Get on smart. TV, Get Smart, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the parody of it. I mean, it was all over. Well, even uh, Wild Wild West was essentially oh, yeah. a oh, yeah. spy western, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So it was. It's it, one of the major themes of the '60s. Yes, I very mean, much so. Th- and and then you had uh, I read somewhere that. Um, 
John Kennedy himself had a sit-down meeting with Ian Fleming oh, where they talked cool. about uh, Ian Fleming gave him his ideas about destabilizing Cuba. Oh, no. And I guess I guess those wow. ideas weren't followed up on, but they were Supposedly. considered seriously by the CIA. Oh, nice. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> like the exploding cigar or something. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so I think one of the things that, um, or one of the people that Ian Fleming based James Bond on was, of course, you know, a lot of the special services people yep. he worked with, you know, in the Second World right. War. Um, also, uh, Sidney Riley, who was a Russian uh, spy for Britain uh, before the First World War, really the coming beginning of the 20th century, and who disappeared quite mysteriously after the Russian Revolution. So he was, was he like a double agent? No, no. Sidney Riley was actually really, really an interesting character. Um, there's a book on it called Riley Ace of Spies. There was also a series that was on PBS uh, that dealt with it, and he was very cool. Like, he would go into areas and they say, like, in 1905, the Russians and the Japanese fought a war and over territory and, you know, uh -huh. military prestige and so forth. Russia had the bigger navy, but it, it wasn't very good, whereas Japan had this very modern, very... You know, good navy was like a precursor to their imperial navy of the 30s. And yeah, so, kind and, of a practice and, run. Exactly, it, uh -huh. it very much was. Uh -huh. And uh, so they, the British sent Riley there to kind of check up on both sides. Well, while Riley was doing that, he also went and he bought like concrete, wood, uh, all these other things that people need when there's a war and there's this huge evacuation and made millions. <laughs> you know, uh -huh. so it's. It's like one of these things like uh, Sutter's Mill in California. Sutter didn't mine gold. He just bought up all the crap that people would need who were going out there looking for gold would use. Hmm. And yeah. so so Riley was was a very wealthy man. He was Russian from Russian nobility. And so when the Russians went communist, he was used to spy there, got out successfully, but then they sent him back in for something else and never heard from or seen from again. But he was considered to be one of uh, the the bond and so in the in the books uh bond is born on november 11th which of course is armistice day 1920 um the uh bond family motto is orbis non sufficient which of course the world is not the enough, world is not enough. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you do have to say where the james bond name comes from oh yes 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 it's the Victor? yeah. It's the son of people that let him use their property for writing <laughs> right. in the beginning, basically. Uh -huh. Before he had any let of the Ian money. Ian Fleming. Yeah, Ian Fleming. Yeah, um, yeah. He was a, a, a big bird watcher, a bird enthusiast. Uh huh. So he saw this. He wanted the name to be very plain. So he saw the name on this book and <laughs> James Bond. Well, that's that's great. And so he's a real person. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. But he wanted the name to sound. Very bland. Right. Because the whole thing was, is this guy could do incredible things, but he just blend in. Well, of course, that's not really true in any of the Bond films because a spy should blend in. But these guys always look so fabulous. I mean, their, their yeah, whole thing yeah. is they go in. Because Bond is not an undercover agent. He's an agent provocateur. You send him in yeah. there to just pimp everybody and get shit stirred up because he never lies about who he is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
occasionally he'll say he's from Universal Exports or Exports and Imports. Yeah, or yeah, like he'll that. have yeah. some bullshit cover, yeah. but uh-huh. he'll still call himself Bond. Or someone yeah. will say, you know, hey Bond, and he'll turn that, around. Like, that always uh, surprised me. Yeah. I'm like, you don't have a fake name? Yeah, no, uh-huh. just nope, just known by this. Welcome to Universal Exports. And uh, so, of course, I think uh, most most people remember. The Sean Connery movies, uh, Dr. No from Russia with Love, of course, Goldfinger. And there is an homage to Goldfinger in Quantum of Solace. As is in uh, Casino Royale. Yeah, there are a couple neat little, you know, uh, hints. I don't know. I liked it. And the whole Goldfinger one was a little over the top, but hey. (laughs) Well, the the thing, well, yeah. And that actress's name, uh, the character's name. Pushy Galore. Uh, no, the one you... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. In Agent Fields. Agent Fields. That was and, a joke. Oh. And I was puzzling the whole movie with, with Sputnik. What, what is her first name? Right. You know, Fields. Fields. What could it be? Well, it's Strawberry Fields. Strawberry oh, Fields. Yeah. We had to watch the closing credits yes. to get that. And, and fans, this is why <laughs> she had red hair. So, of course, the curtains match the carpet. <laughs> wow. Because you know yeah. you can it can never be just um, innuendo. It's got to be just that little twist. Yeah. You know, like uh, Miss uh-huh. Undertop, the Russian agent, or Miss Goodhead, you know, or a pushy galore. <laughs> Am I dreaming? What, is, what does he say? <laughs> I must be dreaming. <laughs> pushy, I missed you. <laughs> oh come on, just stop it now. <laughs> a lot of vagina. <laughs> Well, getting back to the the creation of of the James Bond character, you know, of course, you got to put a whole lot of credit to Ian Fleming. Yes. Because, you know, he made him up. But also uh, Terrence Young, who is a director of three of the Bond movies, including the first two. Yes. um, Well, and Thunderball. (laughs) Yeah. Thunderball. I loved Thunderball. Yeah. Which which was was remade, though. The fourth Mm. movie. Later on. Thunderball was remade. and they called it ne- uh, Never Say Never Again. Right. Because yeah. he said he'd never be Bond. He would never be Bond again, but he promised Ian Fleming that he would do Thunderball this way. So, oh. yeah. Okay. And and the Never Say Never Again is is not an official Bond movie. It is not. Yeah. because no. uh, But a- anyway, uh, Terrence Young... Uh, who was uh, the you know the first director of Doctor No and from Russia with Love and Thunderball? Uh, he is, is responsible for kind of giving James Bond his style with the really you know classy suits and uh, just sort of the the real I don't know kind of r- r- high society type. high society exactly. <laughs> right. uh, Robert Cotton said uh, Terrence Young was James Bond. And uh, it talked about how uh, during one of the movies that Terrence Young was in a helicopter that crashed. And uh, wow. the, the film crew or part of the crew actually had to rescue him. And he was up and back on the set, uh, you know, filming, the, you know, doing the movie within 30 minutes. It's not like the Twilight Zone crash. Yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> he wasn't killed, but it's like, you know, he was just, you know, have all this crazy stuff happen to him and then he gets right back to work just wow. like James Bond. <laughs> so he's, uh, you know, he's responsible for the, you know, kind of the, the way Bond is now portrayed. And, and also I think in Dr. No, you got the James Bond theme song. You got the, uh, 
Yeah. You know, the the gun thing with the... The barrel the and barrel. then it yeah. fire. Yeah, so you're looking at Bond through the barrel yeah. of a gun. You know, when I was a little kid, I totally did not get what that was. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then it's, oh, it's the rifling in the gun barrel. I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, so he's really responsible for sort of getting the Bond theme right. The format. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't realize how important that is until you see the original Casino Royale movie, which is not the 1967 one, <laughs> but the climax TV show uh, movie. It's about an hour long, uh, called Casino Royale from 1954. They they did that TV show actually relatively soon after Ian Fleming actually wrote the Casino Royale story. Oh, cool. so it's real early on, but they kind of got it. They changed things around from the the book and. Uh, James Bond, who they referred to frequently as Jimmy Bond, uh, he was kind of this <laughs> flat top, and he came across as an American. He, you know, had his flat top, and he's kind of, you know, it's the fifties, you know, so he's kind of, and, and uh, Bond, Jimmy Bond, yeah, <laughs> just like um, um, like a sarsaparilla, upright. Yeah, Kirk Douglas and Spartacus. It's like you know what, dude? I'm pretty sure they didn't have flat tops yeah. in 76 BC, but <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. go for it. Yeah, Casino Royale. It is. It's an interesting uh, uh, show to watch, uh, but I mean, it's compared to the other Bond films. It's it's more of an illustration of how not to do a Bond film. Um, and and you know you can't really blame it. It was 1954. It was like pretty much the birth of television, and yeah, uh, you know they're, they're just doing everything they can. And uh, but you can hear people like talking in the background, so they didn't even you know isolate the microphones from the background noise and stuff. And so it's 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 <laughs> it's interesting to put it that way. <laughs> but the guy who plays uh, Le Sharif, uh, Peter Lore, he. He does all right. He's kind of a toad-looking man, uh, but uh, <laughs> he's but they a good-looking man at all. But they pronounce the name different than they do in the other casino. Chief. They, they, they <laughs> I forget how they say it, but they call, it, call him like Lee Cheriff or something like that. I mean, it's, <laughs> oh my god, it's, they're kind of sort of messing everything. I'm, I'm Jimmy Bond. Yeah. I'd like a sarsaparilla. How about you, Le Cheriff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just sounds horrifying to me. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, <laughs> Here's here's the guy's picture. I'll pass it around. Oh, you can't see it on the yes, audio no, here. Exposing the weakness of the media. You, you, you Great radio. Look, you Thanks, could Charlie. you could look it up on Wikipedia. But anyway, oh my uh, god, this guy does look like a dang. <laughs> <laughs> Barry Nelson, CIA agent Jimmy Bond. But I, I guess you can find uh, the original Casino Royale on some like dollar discount bin DVDs, and oh. also it is a bonus feature on the 1967 Casino Royale movie. Oh. Which is where I saw it. So I, I got to ask, does anyone know why <coughs> Sean Connery, why George Lazenby is in that one ep one James Bond mm -hmm. movie, not Sean Connery? Yeah, because... Because they go back to Sean Connery for the next film, Diamonds Are Forever. Yes, they do. Okay, I the first Bond movie that I saw in the theater was Under Majesty's Secret Service. Up until that, all the other ones I saw, like, you know... On TV, <laughs> TNT, you know, those James Bond marathons. <laughs> James Bond marathons, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, um, Sean Connery had played Bond from '62 to '67, uh, finishing up with "You Only Live Twice," 
And, you know, so, I mean, that's that's five years doing those films. And I think he was very worried that he was going to be typecast and he didn't want to, you know, do this forever. And they could be quite grueling because he did do a lot of stunt work and so on. Is he actually Scottish? John Connery? John Connery? So, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Just like Bruce Campbell. That's true. <laughs> and um, so he he just really wanted to not do it anymore. Huh. And and by 67, you know, things were kind of, you know, the world was really changing and it wasn't quite when he started in 62. And uh, so George Lazenby took it over. And this movie was funny because it, it really was not a Bond movie in so many ways. George Lazenby was this like, I mean, actually, if you took a picture of him and Bruce Campbell and you put them side by side, you'd have a hard time because both lantern jaw, mm-hmm. you know, the classic leading man looks. And the movie starts with him getting married, which lasts for all of about five, ten minutes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he even gets down the road. Right. No, I, I like that as, as a kid. That was shocking to me. And it was an interesting. Oh, yeah. Interesting movie. But then, you know, Maybe it's terrible. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Well, the, <laughs> the response to, to George Lazenby and the story, I mean, Telly Zavallis is the villain. I mean, really? Mm hmm. So he was just there one time. Okay. But I did see a documentary recently called Bond Girls Are Forever, and it was hosted by Pushy Galore. Uh-huh. And they were talking to all the Bond women and all the Bonds. And I got to say, George Lazenby, his hair is all white now, but he still looks, like, fabulous. Really? Yeah, he kind of looks oh. the same way, you know, he did. Yeah. Well, so then they call Sean Connery back in 71 for Diamonds Are Forever. And I got to say, this was not a good Bond movie. Sean Connery was really a tank. Um, he was quite chubby. Mm-hmm. Um, it had Jill St. John and the guy from Rocky Horror Picture Show that you always yell asshole at the screen. <laughs> he was Blofeld. Nice. <laughs> I, I honestly can't think of his name, but I, I know our listeners wow. know who that is. Okay. <laughs> I think I don't have to say anymore. <laughs> well, and then they then they went with one of my favorites as a kid was Roger Moore. Yes. Because yeah. Roger Moore had that snarky, you know, I loved uh, his first one, Live and Let Die. And, of course, that's probably one of the most famous Bond theme songs. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, Paul McCartney, also yeah. done by Axl Rose. Well, you know, I, I, <laughs> saw, I saw a list recently of the top five best Bond songs. I don't remember what yeah. website it was on, but they did not even include Live and Let Die. And that is my that's, all-time favorite that's Bond insane. song. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it because it's a, just a brilliant song. I mean, there was a lot of Bond songs that actually – um, well, a couple, I should say, not a lot of them. The Spy Who Loved Me mm-hmm. was a big hit for Carly Simon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? I actually like this Jack White, Alicia Keys song from Quantum of Solace. It, it's quite good. A good song. Yeah, there is a lot of really good Bond music. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is. However, in my opinion, you're welcome to disagree. <laughs> the music from License to Kill from 1989 was not that good. I I did not enjoy. Yeah, it. that I, I think that you should they, that movie should be re- redone with different music. See, for me, yeah. I'm more of a classicist. I kind of like Shirley Bassey, you yeah. know, like Goldfinger, that like Goldfinger, Finger. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh man, with a gun. a view to a kill. That was Duran Duran, wasn't it? I don't remember. Yes, it was. <laughs> oh my god, you're ripping on Duran Duran. I'm no, horrified. Uh, not, not a view to a kill. Flogging a dead. No, horse no, there. no. I am not. I'm not. I'm talking about license to kill. There's a lot of killing and dying in, in <laughs> right. Bond titles. In not enoughing world. Right. Yeah. Golden something. <laughs> no, I'm talking license to kill, which is 1989, and it it's 
it suffers from being made in the 1980s. Huh. Oh, yeah. But it's actually a pretty good mu- movie. Uh, you know, once you get past the songs, it's it's decent enough. Well, Roger Moore, I think I would download a song it. immediately if there was a song called Moonraker. <laughs> yeah, I think, well, yeah, that's true. I th- I think the Roger Moore years, you can truly see. See, I I remember Roger Moore as the saint. Oh yeah, comrade, that man over there, he keeps watching us. Your information, Piotr. That man over there is the notorious Simon Templar. <laughs> And that had more of like an Avengers feel to it, right? So I liked View to I liked uh, I'm sorry, Live and Let Die. I can't really say I did I disliked any of the Roger Moore movies, but um, like uh, for instance, the Man with the Golden Gun. The villain is, of course, Ian Fleming's cousin Christopher Lee. I know he finally gets his shot in 1974, right. and it had uh, Hervé Villachez in it too. <laughs> The bond, simply the bond. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The bond. <laughs> it's like, it's right, coming. The bond. Come here. What was the name of his character? Was was it? It was like tidbit or knickknack. Knickknack. Yeah. Good one, oh, Tor. Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Random employment. <laughs> wow. But, um. Well, you gotta love Jaws as a villain as well. Yeah. Jaws was very. Jaws good. showed up somewhere in there. I don't know exactly what movie. Yeah, was his first. Okay, but he was he a big part of Moonraker. See, yeah, part of the pro- <laughs> one of the most famous Bond henchmen is Roger Moore movies were very gadget heavy. Mm-hmm. So um, he always had like the submarine Lotus and um, the watch that would uh, blow things up or strangle well, people. Yeah. What I always loved is like Q would give him shit, and you'd think. When would this ever come in handy? No, why but would you sure ever as hell, watch it? Yep. it was, you know, <laughs> oh, I'm hanging by my nuts, and uh, I need this laser watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whenever I'd watch Q give him stuff, I'm like, how in the world is this going to be useful? It will be. But it, it will be you. You can count on it. <laughs> um, but uh, t- talking about Jaws, uh, the, the name of the actor is uh, Richard Keel. Yes. And, uh, and he was in The Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker. Just those two? Wow. And according to Wikipedia. <laughs> and we have no reason to doubt it. That's I would right. never doubt it. <laughs> Edited by the world's finest. Yes. Um, but and, and, and Richard Kill has done lots of different movies and TV shows and everything. However, one thing you might find surprising is he is also an author. He... Um, why I hate James Bond. <laughs> yeah, I am not Bond. <laughs> like, like Nimoy and Shatner. It's like, oh, you know what? I think you are. <laughs> no, actually, he, he he co-wrote a book with uh, another person uh, called Kentucky Lion. Cool. And, and it's about Cassius Clay. Wow. No, not the poetic oh. boxer. <laughs> it's the uh, Cassius Marcellus Clay, who's a 19th century uh plantation owner and abolitionist he was a very well uh, well wealthy he's been a very conflicted man <laughs> yeah well you know he i'm sure he inherited the plantation and uh but decided slavery was wrong and he you know released all his slaves and uh pushed the uh ideal of uh ending slavery so uh that's just an interesting uh you know you don't think jaws is you know sitting down and writing no, stuff i would not but, yeah 
that's that's hilarious. So uh, yeah, it's actually this Cassius Clay sounds interesting. I might have to he really study up like on him more. In but. the movies, he really looked like he was barely acting. Well, here's to us. Mm. <laughs> he was such a one-note villain, you know. I will bite you. One thing yeah. I loved about uh, Bond, I mean, I would you'd have to say like the one constant throughout it has been the actor who played Q, who uh, played it until actually fairly recently, and uh, he was it, killed uh, quite tragically late in life by in a car accident. Yeah, didn't he, he was he, hit by a car? He played it through the the Sean Connery years to the. Um, um, Pierce Bronson. Pierce years, Bronson years, yeah, where they introduced John Cleese. Um, who's who's actually you know grown into the job quite yeah quite yeah. well. I but, thought he was a good, but choice. now Q is eliminated, so it really doesn't matter. Yeah. I hope he comes back. I or really, I do really well, do. Yeah, he might come back because you know they're kind of yeah they're starting at the beginning with Casino Royale, right? So uh, you know we haven't really said much about this Quantum of Solace movie, and right. I'm sure we'll get to it. But I gotta say, I did not enjoy the fact that Q was gone, and I did not enjoy that it tried to be the born identity. Okay? The born identity is a great series. And so they're they're trying to do this style and it just yeah. that guy like, needs a steady cam. He needs a steady cam. <laughs> yeah, only in those movies where the where the person's holding a, a video camera, you know, those first person pieces of crap like Cloverfield. Oh. Yeah, oh, that made me Man, nauseous. I hated that movie. Yeah. I, I really if you loved it, I'm sorry, but I hated that movie. That was movie. pretty hard to watch. And I really hated the George Romero Diary of the Dead, too, which was done in that same style. <laughs> right. The convenient, I've got a video camera thing. This <laughs> shaky camera thing <laughs> has got to end. I thought Blair Witch put a nail in that coffin. Yeah. Um, but but it, it seems back in Quantum of Solace. And I hope they're getting through their born identity phase and start getting a little more in the next one, Bond 23. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the working title. That they get a little bit more back to that. <laughs> well... You know, and then, of course, after the Roger Moore years, Roger Moore, I think, is it depends on what generation you find yourself right, in. You, right. you know, you might in, in my generation, you would probably say Sean Connery in both of yours. You'd probably be more Roger Moore. I'm right. Quite, I'm quite split. And yeah. It's mainly Thunderball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the cusp. I'm on the cusp. But both those guys I really love. But Timothy yeah. Dalton. Timothy Dalton yeah. blue. <laughs> he was an angry, crappy Bond, I felt. I mean, he he just. You know, I never bought him as Bond. He just he looked seemed, too young or whatever. He, he just seemed pissed off all the time. Yeah, I I saw the Living Daylights uh, quite a while ago, and it was okay, but I don't yeah. know. It didn't impress me a lot. I watched License to Kill last night, uh. and uh, <laughs> looking back on it, I I have to say I did enjoy it. Okay, because uh, it, it was just uh uh. You know, the movie, the sound, the music was awful, like I said, but um, right. the the plot was pretty good, and you know, it had a lot of stuff good. It's not my favorite Bond movie by any means. See, but, but the thing is, I can't think of a single James Bond movie that would come on on the TNT television station that I wouldn't just watch some of. You know, right. there isn't one I really yeah. hate. I'd watch Timmy right. Dalton. I'd watch. That's true. That's you know, very true. Lazenby, any yeah. of them. Just, just got hey, me it's, on that it's one, Bond, Victor. Just, it's yeah, I mean, compared to all the other stuff you could watch, yeah. It's, Actually, it's I wouldn't good. mind rewatching some of the later Roger Moores yeah. because the thing that yeah. got me about Roger Moore was okay, it was very gadget heavy, which was fine, and they had a lot of you know the women with the funny names. You know, that was something I could have I could have seen a lot more of in Quantum of Solace. Is there was not much skin, and that kind of honked me. Yeah, most of it was oil finger. Oil finger. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, We're giving a little, spoiler alert. Yeah. But but. Well, no. All I was going to say is yeah. is that uh, one of the sponsors of the bomb movies. I mean, 
okay, so we have the whole thing about the martini shake and not stirred. Well, yep. in the movies, in the early Sean Connery movies, one of our early sponsors was Smirnoff Vodka. Mm-hmm. So he drank a vodka martini, and vodka martinis were very popular at that time because of that. But actually, and they mentioned this in both of the Daniel Craig movies, the, the classic Bond martini is actually a mixture of gin, vodka, and this other liqueur, and a, a, a lemon twist. Mm, okay. So, And oh. uh, we enjoyed some at the Sundance Theater watching it, and I got to say, kicked my ass. Yeah, and it was, it was actually made with Smirnoff. <laughs> It was made with Smirnoff. Yeah. So, I mean, it was very authentic. Because yeah. he said they'd be way too expensive if they, you know, use the other stuff. Oh, exactly. Yeah. But then they... Um... But, you know, seriously, though, if you really want to talk about good vodka, I mean, Slichnaya is a very good vodka. There's some other ones like Zubrovka, which is just fantastic. But, mm-hmm. yeah, the idea that Smirnoff would be James Bond's yeah. vodka is just... No. <laughs> I drink Fleischmann's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gunny Phillips. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I got a question for you guys. Pop off. Shep's vodka. <laughs> I, I haven't done this myself, but okay. Is there really a difference between shaken and stirred? Have you guys done the side by side? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there is a big difference. Okay. Yeah. And and, and is shaken really better? Depends. Lean your depends, taste. Depends what you like. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. what I think shaken is better because um, the drink is cooled down. It's mixed better. Yeah. Fully blended. It's fully blended. Where when you stir. Um, it's not as blended, and I think it's more watered down because the ice is always there, where when you shake it, you're cooling it down rapidly and blending it, and then you're just pouring it out, and the drink is you know, there. So yes, I, yeah. I think shaken is much preferable to stirred. But scotch should be neat. Scotch should always <laughs> should be neat. And, and I would agree with Lord Admiral Nelson when he said gin is a horse drink. <laughs> <laughs> So Timothy Dalton lasted two films. He lasted two. Oh, let me, let me finish. Yeah. The, what okay, I was going to okay. say about Roger Moore was that one of the sponsors in the 70s was AMC, That's you know, right. American Motors. Oh. So, you know, you've got like Bond and like a Matador and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a, well, not a Pacer, but you know what I mean? It was some pretty crappy car. Well, the Aston Martin's always been there, though, hasn't it? Or did it drop out for a while and come back? Um, The Aston Martin was more of a thing. Goldfinger okay. really brought the DB5 Aston Martin in. Because that's what he's driving now. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. If you got 280 grand, maybe you can drive one too. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Which he always trashes. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, there's half the budget of the film right there. But. <laughs> uh, now, another Roger Moore movie, uh, Moonraker, <laughs> is, is really, I, I think, where people were introduced to the space shuttle and That's the concept fantastic. of a space yes, station. Yes, yes. A whole fleet of space shuttles. I, 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 had, I got a big kick out of that movie. I loved Moonraker. It was just so fun. Yeah. Jaws I was in space. I went uh-huh. with my college roommate, and we were just like three sheets to the wind, laughing our asses off. Yeah, it was, it was a little uh-huh. too funny, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, okay, so Timothy Dalton lasted two films, and what I really wanted to say is the man who should have been Bond all the frick along, Pierce Brosnan, shows up. And there was quite a jump. I mean, License to Kill, which was the last Timothy Dalton movie, was 89. Pierce Brosnan didn't get on in GoldenEye until 1995, so it was quite a gap. The reason there was... I was lost about this. There was contractional 
contractual yeah, problems. It had to, they had to settle it, you know, in the courts or whatever those lawyers do. They, Remington Steel. Remington Steel. No out. shit. Man, that's yeah. that's a burn right there. Yeah, no kidding. So yeah, he got a raw deal because he would have been an awesome Bond back when he was in Remington Steel. I love Pierce Brosnan as James Bond. Yeah. In fact, I put him on the same level as Sean Connery. Pierce Brosnan's fantastic. One little trivia on License to Kill before we leave it. <laughs> okay, go. <laughs> you watched okay. it last night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> as as I'm sure you know. Uh, James Bond is a smoker, yes. and so there's a lot of smoking in these movies. At the end of License to Kill, they actually had the Surgeon General's warning at oh, the really? end of the movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ian Fleming would be, like, spinning in his grave. Well, that's why he's in the grave. Well, <laughs> okay, you got me on that one, yeah. Counselor. Uh-huh. Bam. <laughs> Between. <laughs> but Pierce Brosnan, he, he managed to do four movies, and then they thought, oh, he's too old. And went, Oh, like, he's an old fart. Yeah. Jesus, Roger Moore was ancient by the time. Yeah. They... <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. it's, it's kind of upsetting to me, but, you know, I knew Daniel Craig from Layer Cake, and I knew he's yeah. a great actor, and he would be great. I didn't know it was going to go so dark so fast, that it was going to change yeah. with the times and be this new, like, Batman Begins kind of Strip darkness. Down, yeah, minimalist Bond. Yeah. But but Pierce Brosnan was burned that, that he kind of, they didn't tell him squarely that he wasn't going to be Bond. It, it kind of they shit backhanded. Up. It was very shitty how they treated him. I, I, and yeah. then he went off and did The Matador. Which was a great fantastic. film. If you haven't seen The Matador, he <laughs> I don't know if he wrote it in response or how this happened, but he plays a washed up um, assassin spy basically who who can't assassinate people anymore and he's just a drunk and a crazy yeah uh, crazy character and what's the um the sidekick in that film is uh the the same Danny actor. Danny Danny with the big white fanny <laughs> he's the actor who's doing the the windshield wiper creator um oh, film oh, that oh, I also um, want to see Bill Macy no, no. um <laughs> Not Bill Macy. What the hell am I thinking? Recording of? this live. Autofocus. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Greg Kinnear. Greg Kinnear from the Soup. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, autofocus. I. It was like years before I could watch Hogan's Heroes again. Yeah, autofocus is a very <laughs> creepy film. I'm so uncomfortable. Yeah, but you gotta love. Uh, yeah, you gotta love him. Yeah, <laughs> but um, the thing that I really enjoyed about well, okay, Pierce Brosnan. His bonds, the one criticism I'd have for it, actually is two, but they're kind of related, is that there was so much product placement. Right. And um, one of the things that I could not stand about Pierce Brosnan's bond is that he drove a BMW. Mm. Bond would not drive a BMW, just just wouldn't. Wasn't in any of the novels. I mean, if you read the novels, he always had like a battleship gray Bentley or mm-hmm. uh, Aston Martin or well, something. He, he like might that. steal a BMW from a bad guy and then crash it. Right, but that would not be his car of choice <laughs> by any stretch. You know, so that that one kind of honked me a little. Yeah, bit. that was with product. And but, you know, one thing I noticed in just about all the Bond movies is there's Sony products. Yes, and of course the Omega watch. You know, yeah. that's that's in like every Bond. Too uh-huh. and it's like to the watch of James Bond. Yeah, well, it doesn't shoot lasers. <laughs> what the hell good is it? But I, th- I think the thing with the new Bond is there's not gadgets. It's very stripped down. The new Bond, I think, hurts himself as much as he hurts other people. I mean, the man really takes a lot yeah. of punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, Part of the thing well, is he hasn't quite perfected his skills yet. Right. He's, yeah, he's kind of a Bond becoming. Yeah. I also do think the acting in these films is fantastic. I think Judy Dench yeah. is fantastic. They, and yeah, and, that's, and, and she showed up during the 
Pierce Bronson years. Mm-hmm. Yes, she did. But but I I'm I'd have to say I'm not certain I liked where they were taking the M character in in Quantum of Solace. Mm-hmm. I felt she was a little bit too maternal. Well, you know? well, in the very beginning, everyone's calling her mom. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know it's yeah. mom, but mom, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, it's you can't. Yeah, calling her mom is just not. Yeah. yeah. It takes away the masculinity uh-huh. of a James Bond film. <laughs> it's mam is in ham, not marm is in farm. Yeah. It would yes, probably mom. be a little better yes, if mom. she's a little more executive. We'll take care of that, mom. Yeah, a little more. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> so, I think the Bond films are fun, yeah. no matter who your favorite Bond is. They're just, I mean, look, these aren't movies where you, you know, burn incense and you think about things at three in the morning. No, and I never do. And when I knew, you know, we were going to see Quantum of Solace, I was like, let's just go. Because yeah. I wasn't, you know, I'm never that excited. Like, it's going to be the greatest film event of the year. And no. I don't think they're ever going to win an Oscar, or have they? But <laughs> um, I don't think they're, so. They're just yeah. fun movies. They, and got, they got something for special effects in Moonraker, but I can't remember which award mm. it was. Okay. Quickly, off the hip, favorite Bond film tour? Oh, one. One. No, no. Come on. All right, Victor, we're coming back to tour. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. Okay, we'll start with me then. Uh, I would have to say, uh, uh, without hesitation, probably my favorite Bond is Goldfinger. Good villain. uh, Great Bond girl named Pussy Galore. Come on, you're never going to get better than that. Goldfinger is probably the... It has yeah. the Aston Martin DB5, Odd Job, the henchman. One of the great lines. Uh-huh. Job, Do you want right. me to talk? I want you to die, Mr. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. Come on, people. Off the cuff. Yeah, this is this is hard. This is serious stuff. All right. Well, I'm I'm just gonna throw a crazy one out there because I, I, I super super enjoyed Don't. it. You know, I really like <laughs> Casino Royale and and the Quantum of Solace, the new ones, mm-hmm. but that I don't feel like grabbing a new one. So I'm going to say Octopussy. That just was a cool one. You yeah, know, nothing wrong with going that. Going around in India and having us in, in the middle of a circus and everything. That was that was cool. That was cool. And I would you have know. to say too, I I I did enjoy the first Casino Royale. I got a big kick out of just the you know the weird '60s you know fun they had with that. Yeah. Where what film was it where he flew the helicopter underneath the bad guy's wheelchair and dumped him in the smokestack? <laughs> Holy Ned! I think that might have been like uh, "You Only Live Twice" or something. Yeah, like that. that's sound- well, maybe it's for your eyes only. I just the saw very, you the only- intro. It was the beginning. Oh, yeah. I bet you're right. Yeah, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Uh, wasn't View to a Kill? Didn't that have? Um, uh, Christopher Walken and I think so, yeah. and uh, I think oh, so yeah. Oh but, God, who is the uh, the black model? Oh she yes, was in everything. Oh the oh uh, she was in like Conan, Grace, Grace Jones. Yes, Grace Jones. Yeah, good one. Yeah, yeah Grace Jones. She was in Conan. Yeah, that's oh right. God, she was creepy. <laughs> <laughs> so was Arnold. Wow, yeah, that's that Governor Governor Conan to you. <laughs> <laughs> Conan, <laughs> but yeah. Welcome to you California. Know, I think I think the villains are very important for Bond films, and I gotta oh, yeah. tell you, this Quantum of Solace villain, great actor. He's also in um the the Diving Bell, the Butterfly and the Diving Bell, Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Oh my god! About the paralyzed yeah. man who can only blink his left eye. That is a very hard movie to yeah, watch. But I don't. I he's a great actor, and he did well in this role, but. He was not very villainous. Okay, his idea yeah. of being a James Bond villain was, "I'm gonna, 
do something in Bolivia. Stop looking at me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he seemed more whiny. Usually right? it's world domination, <laughs> billions of dollars. Yeah. No, Bolivia. Like, oh, God. I shall call it the yeah. Alan Parsons Project. Yeah. Rip off. Uh, One million dollars. <laughs> And Those we gotta, films are fantastic. Yeah, the if Austin you, if you like James films. Bond, you gotta watch Austin, Austin Powers. Powers. Yes. <laughs> Skip the Love Guru. Go John to Arnold Powers. in the next toilet stall. I mean, he never did any better work than that. Yeah. Hey, buddy, just grab a hold of something and pare it down. We'll get through this together. I want you to meet Daddy's nemesis, Austin Powers. What are you feeding him? Why don't you just kill him? No, Scott. I have an even better idea. I'm going to place him in an easily escapable situation involving an overly elaborate and exotic death. All right, let's begin. Dr. Evil, do you really expect them to pay? No, Mr. Powers. I expect them to die. All right, guard, begin the unnecessarily slow-moving dipping mechanism. Aren't you even going to watch them? They could get away. No, no, no. I'm going to leave them alone and not actually witness them dying. I'm just going to assume it all went to plan. What? Yeah. Oh, man. So, in any case, if you have a favorite Bond or Bond movie, please let us know at uh, feedback at tankriot.com. Um, or if you have a, a favorite Bruce Campbell effort that you'd like to talk about, please let yeah. us know that as well. Maybe. Just maybe my boys can stop me from getting the book. Yeah. Maybe I'm a Chinese jet pilot. Hey, one little uh, goal. Uh, celebrity spot on the uh, 2006 Casino Royale. Yeah. Uh, Richard Branson goes through the uh, metal detector and it he sets it off and they have to, you know. Is, is it just me or is he trying to look like the Green Arrow? <laughs> I think he is the green arrow. I think he is the green arrow. <laughs> but I guess the story is he helped out during the filming, provided a plane or something like that. Oh. And of course, in the movie, there's a bunch of Virgin uh, Atlantic planes oh, you're right. in you're there. Right. And uh, so th they want to know what. And he said, just give me a part. He didn't want payment. It just. <laughs> yeah. Come on, let me do a walk on. Just let me be in the movie. So they did. Anyway. Well, that that uh, the DB5 Aston Martin Silver Blue is also in Casino Royale, the, mm. the, the first mm. Daniel Craig. Yeah. Which I thought was a very nice touch. And then later uh -huh. on, of course, he's driving a brand new Aston Martin. And I got to say, yeah, yeah. for the, what you pay, those yes. cars should look good. But holy Christ. I'd rather a have a couple of car. homes. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, really, I would like this Bruce market, Campbell's right. streamer. A couple of homes yeah. would be fine. But you yeah. know, speaking of spies and assassins, I saw the movie Wanted, um, at, oh. like like a whore because I love An Angelina Jolie. I went out and rented it because it's out on DVD now. I actually saw that at the theater, and I feel dirty. Uh, yeah, you should. The, the, <laughs> the one good thing about that film is Terrence Stamp. Okay, I'll grant you that. <laughs> Terrence Stamp shows up, but he doesn't say my favorite phrase. <laughs> Which is? Kneel before Zod. <laughs> you hear me? Superman, what? Who is this Superman? You'll find out, General. And when you do... Come to me, Superman. If you dare, I defy you. Come. Come and kneel before Zod. Zod! <laughs> I had a feeling it would be that. <laughs> Yeah, so that was that was awesome. 
<laughs> the movie was stupid. I mean, my God. My favorite Terrence Stamp line is uh, from Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. So what are you telling me? That this is some sort of Abba turd? <laughs> yes. And that's our uh, Hugo Weaving's in that, too. Oh, my God. The original. That's yeah. Right. The voice of V for Vendetta. Agent Smith. <laughs> Agent Smith. <laughs> from the Matrix. And, of course, the Elfin King. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus. He was in another wow. great Australian uh, low-budget film where he mm-hmm. plays a criminal caught for a crime. I can't remember what the title of it was, but it was really brilliant. Where he's being uh, interrogated, it might be called the interrogation or something like oh. that. It was really good because you're not sure whether or not he did it, and it, mm. it all takes place at the prison or at the at the police office. Right, fantastic film. Oh, and I know I want to throw this in for a DVD review too. <laughs> yeah, my review of Wanted. <laughs> it's stupid. Yeah, it <laughs> like, blows. It blows. <laughs> yes, this is highly intellectual <laughs> reviews of of cinema here. But I, I seriously, man, a, a team of assassins that follow a magical loom of destiny. And can shoot around corners. I mean, really? And can shoot around corners. Yeah, there oh. are some serious stuff. Uh, it's, it's incredibly lame. Oh, my God. Great actors in an incredibly lame film. It, yeah. That's the only way they could pull what it off. What were you thinking? Yeah. I, I, I am sure it's a great comic book, but it did not translate well no. to film. No, no, it, no, it did not. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just didn't want. That's stupid. Go ahead. I'm, you know, another one that I don't think is going to translate is the spirit. <laughs> that looks really bad already. <laughs> With enough mescaline, you know, yeah, you can maybe enjoy that one. You could probably ride it through. Yeah, yeah. But um, I actually rented um, the X Files movie. Um, I want to believe which is this the first one. No, this no, the is sequel. the second one. This is a sequel. Oh, it's already in DVD. It's already in DVD, and it came okay. out this Tuesday. And it got a lot of bad reviews. It was released last summer. And mm-hmm. I think part of the reason for it was as well. I mean, Chris Carter took way too long to do this yeah, follow-up it movie. Earlier. Mm-hmm. And um Are there great sex scenes? Because I hear Duchovny's really into that. Yeah. <laughs> Californication. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's just that was so sad. No, he had to go to rehab. For... I know. <laughs> I mean, my God. I mean, how bad can it be? I, I know, my gosh. It's like, oh geez. Um, I I feel like I want sex all the time, and in fact, I'm getting sex all the time. I'm having it's the like, time of my life. And the problem is, I better go to rehab. <laughs> yeah, really. Jeez. You and Amy Winehouse, it's like good for you. I man. know, but um, give me something to cry about. <laughs> Come here, I'll give you something like my old man would say. I'll give you something to cry about. But it was good, huh? Was it? Well, that's that's my point. Is that it got a lot of bad reviews, and again, I I think Chris Carter waited far too long to do this follow up movie, and. But the characters, the if you remember um, the the Mulder and Scully episodes, there were the standalone episodes, which I thought were very good, very strong, you know, science fiction horror assignment episodes. Yeah, where they go on an yeah. assignment, yeah. as opposed to like the overarching conspiracy, right. which episodes. every TV series nowadays does. The exactly. overarching, right? We can do yeah. a weird show, but let's get back to the conspiracy at hand. Right. Yeah. So, what I liked about what the I think it was a good movie, or a good X Files in that, um, and really the whole movie. I think why the why the critics didn't like it is because it didn't have this big, neat, bang flash kind of ending. It was really it. It also starred Billy Connolly, uh, one of my favorite actors from, of course, uh, Boondock Saints. But um. What I liked about it was that it was really just this this story about what the basis of 
of faith and redemption and forgiveness really mm-hmm. all is. And so I think the critics were unduly harsh. And, and I got to say, I, I d- didn't see why they kind of dumped all over it. It was, it was totally fine. <laughs> it came out, you know, right about the same time dark night and everything else came out. So I think it just got really kind of lost in the big right. budget summer shuffle. So, huh. but no, I don't, I don't think it was that bad. I am going to, I am going to totally um, regret it, but I'm going to have to see the day the earth stood still. Oh, dude. I, I don't have a choice. I love the original too much. Klaatu! Mirada! <laughs> I, I have too. to see how they destroy it. I have to see what <sighs> they do differently. It doesn't look like... It, it looks like a completely different film. It looks like a completely different film. The effects intrigue me. Keanu Reeves, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I mean, every time I see him, it's like, oh, you, you just want to say, whoa, don't you? <laughs> you know you do. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. My name's Clad too. Whoa. <laughs> well, okay. Now, this is episode 63, but last episode 62, I was uh, fighting my way out of the vortex of doom and I just <laughs> couldn't get here. We thought you had a cabinet appointment and you vomited. You know, we weren't sure. Well, I don't know. It, it was It's complicated, but. Miss um, Secretary of Commerce, by that much. I just want to say, bond. and, and speaking, of, bond. speaking of super villains, I just want to say a little bit about Henry Kissinger. Oh, oh Dr. Killinger one. and his magic murder bag. <laughs> yeah. Several people wrote in to tell us that we should watch the Venture Brothers, which we have seen and forgot okay. to mention. But right. There, yeah. There is a okay. spoof of him called Dr. Killinger. Anyway, just a little Scotty Nation uh, hookup with Henry Kissinger. Ooh. Uh, back in, uh, September, 1997, he, uh, came to visit, uh, central Wisconsin, which as you know, is this, the surreal part of the state. It uh, is he, he flew into, uh, the, the Mosini intergalactic spaceport, <laughs> as I like to call it, because <laughs> it, on the nearest cantina, yes, if aliens are ever going to land in Wisconsin, they're going to land in Mosini. <laughs> So anyway, Such he came in on the plane, and whoever was, you know, providing him transportation, they they pulled up in a limousine that was actually longer than the airplane. Oh, nice! So they they haul him, uh, and he he's going to Marshfield for you know some talk for or some, what? Oh, it was there's some like big reco- <laughs> Republican what would bring guy. Doctor Henry Kissinger to Marshfield. There's one of his henchmen is from Marshfield, and they're like dedicating time. a building for him or something like that. But anyway, okay. Um, the limo breaks down, so so Kissinger has to ride the rest of the way to Marshfield in a pickup. And the kicker is, the guy driving the pickup didn't know who he was. Oh no! <laughs> I bet they didn't talk a lot. Yeah. No, I'm guessing it was really quiet. <laughs> Turns on the country radio every now and then. Hey, hey, Dr. Kissinger, you're a doctor, right? Well, it hurts when I do this. I cannot help you with your arthritis. Hey, hey, Kissinger, stop me if you've heard this one, okay? Two Jews walk into a bar. (laughs) You know what I mean? I just can't see Henry Kissinger being, you know. Yeah. He'd be just like, just please drop me off at the hotel. (laughs) I want pancakes. All right. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I would like waffles. <laughs> so anyway, that's just my little Kissinger story. That's well, a good uh, one. 
Yeah. The Mosinina clay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's that's a total Scotty joke. I mean, I, none of our listeners are going to get that, but I mean, that's okay. I, I haven't been there for years, but they used to have a nice little restaurant right there in the airport. But anyway. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> yeah. I, I got waffles there. So this is episode 63. Send uh, your email to feedback at tankriot.com. If you'd like Check to mail out- us anything, Tank Riot, P.O. Box 2744, Madison, Wisconsin. Five three seven zero one dash twenty seven forty four. Yeah, and uh, check out our other shows at tankriot.com. dot com. Dot com. Good night. Dating tips. Not from this guy. I married the first woman who came on to me. That worked out real well. But I have enjoyed all my marriages, so I should. Uh, so do, you, do you spend most of your time like uh, acting for stuff or getting ready to do new films? Or do you write a lot? Or what do you? What do I do? Do, do I spend a lot of time writing stuff, hanging out? Do I like to write? Do I write? <laughs> Can I write? Uh, does anyone have either book that I wrote with them here tonight? Take a look back there, sir. That took like four freaking years to write that book. Yes. Yeah, I like it. Sure. People had to know about the B movie industry. They talk about your Bruce Willis's and your John Travolta's. But what about everybody else? What about movies like this? This. So. Uh, that's why I wrote that book, out of necessity, to let people know that most movies are not A movies. Most movies are B movies. Even A movies are B movies now, though. If you get bitten by a radioactive spider, that's a B movie. If you dress up like a bat and fly around a city called Gotham, that's a B movie. That's definitely a B movie. I do not drink crappy whiskey out of dog holes. <laughs> I drink good whiskey out of dog holes. My trailer is way bigger than that one. <laughs> Almost as clean. Come to me, son of Jerome. Kneel before Zod.